So Money is brought to you by CNET, the site that shows how to navigate change all around us. So Money episode 1439, All Things Fire, Financial Independence, Retire Early with Nick Wolney, Senior Editor at Next Advisor. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. The people who are the mouthpieces of the FIRE movement, sometimes they, it veers into influencer territory where you've got you know people that are really flashy, they're they're driving their Lamborghini off into the sunset and they're like, look at my financial freedom, you know, and it's, it's so it kind of creates an- Meanwhile- an, Yeah, it's an impression, right? I know, yeah. <laughs> Those people are usually ironically like uh, drowning yeah. in debt. Welcome to So Money, everybody. I'm Farnoosh Tarabi. We are visiting the FIRE movement today, a topic that we have touched on many times throughout the years on So Money. But today, bringing on Nick Wolney, who is Senior Editor of the Financial Independence Vertical at Next Advisor. The FIRE movement, which stands for Financial Independence Retire Early, gets its roots in the early 1990s, and it has evolved very interestingly over the decades. Nick has covered this territory with a magnifying glass, interviewing FIRE Fire followers, fire devotees. He's here to give us a 101 on this movement, the fire number, how to calculate your fire number, and the future of fire. A little bit more about Nick. At Next Advisor, he manages and publishes content that empowers readers to design their futures, implement entrepreneurial personal finance strategies, and live more intentional lives. He has Previously contributed to Fast Company, Business Insider, Fortune, Out Magazine, Entrepreneur, and he was named a 40 under 40 by the Houston Business Journal in 2021. Here's Nick Wolney. Nick Wolney, welcome to So Money. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. It's great to know you. You are a colleague of ours at Next Advisor, partner site uh, owned by Red Ventures as well. We are excited to have you on the show to talk about FIRE, financial independence, retire early. This is a category within personal finance that you have been covering extensively as senior editor at Next Advisor. You know, we've explored FIRE on the show many times throughout the years, but I think this could be like our definitive episode where we kind of like really get into the history of this how it's evolved, and even some of the different ways to approach FIRE. We were talking before we were recording that some people just take off the last two letters of the acronym. Like they don't want to retire early. It's just about financial independence, which I think I'm in that camp because I like what I do. I am too. Yeah. So I think it's becoming really popular. Well, let's go back to the origins uh, of FIRE. How did this even become a thing? Well, originally the term was coined in the 1992 book, Your Money or Your Life. And so what, the first thing I want people to know is that FIRE has been around for going on 30 years now. You know, It sounds like it's this brand new thing, but the notion of accelerating your, your net worth timeline and your retirement timeline, that, had, that conversation has really been floating around in the 90s um, and throughout the 2000s. And then I think where people really got interested in it, um, interest really increased, was at the end of the 2000s going into the 2010s for two reasons. One is that you had this big old thing called the Great Recession. And so all these people who'd been promised that, you know, if you just play the long game for 40 years, then you're going to, you know, ride off into the sunset uh, and then 
five years from retirement, you know, they lost 50% of their, their nest egg, you know, and so that sort of flipped the idea of long, slow growth on its head. Uh, and then I think the other thing that happened that we don't talk about as much is just the rise of social media and the notion of the easily accessible online community. You know, we've got we've got fire communities and sub communities on Reddit. We've got all of these different uh, social media creators, social media influencers, finfluencers. Right, that's that's part of who we're covering now. In terms of looking at how how are people wanting to think about money, how are they thinking about savings and retirement, and also even looking at you know how the word retirement is changing. Um, so for what I cover at Next Advisor, my coverage is financial independence. Um, it may or may not include the RE, the retire early part of it, but generally, if it's about making more money, bringing additional money into the picture in order to work towards those personal finance goals, then that kind of slots into the the financial independence movement in general. Yeah, I'm a little skeptical of the retire early part of all of this because those who claim to be fire, you then realize, well, they've got a blog that's making money, they're speaking, they're content creators on Instagram or what have you. And so it's sort of not the definition of not working. Have you actually found anyone who is just like financially independent on a beach? (laughs) Well, it's interesting when we interview people who achieve these remarkable wealth benchmarks at 40 years old, 35 years old, sometimes under the age of 30 uh, or even younger, you know, they are uh, they are adamant about saving. They love frugality and for many of them that you know, they're not retired. They spend that first month or two on the beach. Uh, you know, and then they're like, "Oh, this sucks. You know, <laughs> my life needs some purpose." <laughs> <laughs> and so I think that's that's also been a really enlightening realization. And as we profile different people who have achieved fire, that it, it, especially with the work ethic that you need and the amount of discipline that you need in order to get to a benchmark like that, uh, these are not people that would want to flip the switch off immediately, right? They still want to exert their entrepreneurial energy doing different things, or they want to um, be more focused on service, you know, whatever it is, whatever that motivation um, it's quite rare that they just drop off the face of the planet. Um, and I think that just speaks to the, you know, the personality type that's willing to save 40, 50, 60 percent or more of your income each month and are willing to stick to it for that long. You know, there's something notable there. I think a tricky thing about fire as well is that it's, you know, it's a slice of budget culture that is similar to diet culture. Um, you know, I, I know I don't know if you've covered it on the show before, but just the, the idea that, that going really extreme, trying to be really restrictive, often ends up backfiring. I think that happens a lot in the fire movement. People are excited about the prospect of finishing work, you know, in middle age, especially if they don't like their day job, you know, getting done with it sooner. Um, but then when they get into month four or five or six of, you know, I think you used it, the analogy eating canned tuna for dinner <laughs> on a recent Instagram reel, you know, it starts to get old and, and it's, it takes a while, even, even for those who are really, really passionate about it, it takes a while to get to these net worth benchmarks. It's almost always $1 million or more. That's a lot of money, you know, to hit in middle age. So I think that's, you know, the spirit of it is really, really exciting. But I think it's more about the personal finance lessons that you learn and the good habits you develop along the way. That's sort of the common thread of people in the movement. Here's a different acronym. How about financial independent 
self-employed. Like that's essentially what so many of these books end up becoming is like the entrepreneur or the self-employed. I mean, it's really about going back to the genesis of this, which is owning your time, you know, Mm. which is what um, your money or your life was really all about. Like really being in control of your time and your, how you are exercising your, your day to day. Yeah, and I think also often the the people who are the mouthpieces of the fire movement sometimes they, it veers into influencer territory where you've got you know people that are really flashy they're they're driving their Lamborghini off into the sunset and they're like look at my financial freedom you know and it's it's so it kind of creates a meanwhile an, yeah it's an impression right? I know yeah <laughs> those people are usually ironically like uh, drowning yeah. in debt right but they're I the think real that, housewives of fire yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that. Should I know how that story exist. goes. Usually. Yes, ninety day fire. Um, um, so yeah, you know, speaking of like the OGs of fire, initially, again, going back to the origins of fire, at least as I remember, it, and not not maybe the the nineteen was it what was the book was it in the eighties the Your Money or Your Life nineteen ninety two nineteen ninety two okay so not going that far back but let's say the first like so the second coming post recession post Great Recession it was like a lot of white guys from Silicon Valley era generation of um, engineers who maybe didn't have student loan debt because their parents footed their college bills and where they were consultants and didn't have to uh, pay for things that most of us do have to pay for like housing and food because it was expensed. And then, oh, suddenly they're, they've got a million dollars by 40. Surprise, surprise. How is the, the look of fire the image of fire, the people changing, and how has it changed? Well, I think people are realizing that behind the Lamborghini selfie, <laughs> fire is mostly sound personal finance advice, right? I like to say you can sum up fire in nine words make more money, reduce your expenses, invest the difference. And that happens to be <laughs> most personal finance advice in general. That's like not sexy, but it's the yeah, truth. Yeah. If you can move the needle on one or more of those things, you're probably going to be moving in a, in a good direction, um, financially speaking. Um, this is just like a like a flashy, sexy way to uh, to approach those goals. And it's also grounded in this one calculation called the FIRE number. Everyone has a FIRE number. Um, so you're right, particularly people in Silicon Valley, people who began being these really large tech packages and just the visibility of those people having lots of compensation, becoming millionaires in their 30s or 40s, created the sense that, oh, you know, if I work hard enough, I can do that too. And I think it started to move in that in that direction, that that perception. And then as a result of that, the fire movement has started to split because now all of a sudden you have people saying, well, I have three kids, right? So, you know, I want to I want to participate in that this movement. I like these ideas. But I have more household expenses <laughs> than you, a 24-year-old engineer in Silicon Valley does. And so looking at, uh, you know, really looking at it from more of a lifestyle design perspective, um, you know, when someone calculates their fire number, it's not, it's not a commentary per se on their lifestyle. It's just numbers. Like if this is your number of expenses per month, like it, it's just a number, right? And even saying, you know, like fat fire is the version of fire that's that involves a lot of expenses and so it invites this sort of larger than life lifestyle even the name you know you need fat stacks of cash for fat fire right that could also just be a family living in you know i live in los angeles if you literally if you live in los angeles and you have three kids i'm assuming you're probably already in that you're just category. showing off at that point yeah. <laughs> i've shown up to work today right and you're in the fat fire category I, it's like people who willingly choose to just keep having more kids in a high cost living area i'm like i, I 
I don't know how that's working out for you. You must, you must be a millionaire. I mean, cause like, and, and I think too, they've, they've worked through, well, usually they've worked through the numbers and they're like, okay, we've weighed the pros and cons. Yes. If we moved to Bozeman, Montana, we would not have as many expenses and with, you know, between our work and family responsibilities, we're going to keep going in this direction. That's great. I love the intentionality piece of it, you know, like get really, really intentional or even how we just started the interview, you know, like I, lo- I like the version of fire that doesn't include the early retirement, you know, that resonates with it. like being intentional with being like, okay, yes, that's, that's for me. That's the flavor of personal finance I'm really drawn to. And then, and then taking actions accordingly in order to move in that direction. That's great. And that's, that's financial independence. I want to talk about how fire might backfire uh, mm. as you've written about some people like getting into it and then going out, oh, this isn't for me, and then retiring from fire. Oh, I love how we're just using all these words. And also <laughs> you mentioned fat fire, but there's a lot of flavors within the fire movement. We'll talk about that. But you did bring up the fire number, which is very important. I think it's a good time to, to kind of cover that base and tell us how you derive that. I know that a million dollars is a lot is a lot of money, but if you plan to reduce your work hours or retire completely at 45 with a million dollars, that may not last you very long depending on your family size, where you're living. So there's some really important shifts that you'll have to make as well as just accumulating that money. Um, So let's talk about that number and how you've seen people achieve it. Yeah. So the FIRE number is sort of a linchpin of the financial independence movement. It is a net worth benchmark of invested assets. Um, So that could be stocks in your 401k, whatever, from which if you just withdrew the gains each year and did not touch the principal, that will be enough money for you to live on each year. Um, it is generally calculated. I mean, obviously there are many different variables, family size, expenses, how much you're putting in your 401k or saving each year, how many streams of income you have. There's obviously so many factors, but if you want like a quick napkin math calculation that you can do right now for a bare minimum, you take your expenses, so annual expenses, and you multiply that by 25 annual expenses times 25. So if I need $5,000 a month in expenses, I need 60K uh, a year, 60K times 25. Oh God, I didn't put the calculator in front of me. I believe that's $1.5 million. Um, so you're going to need, you know, it, that's the bare minimum. We're not, for the purposes of this conversation and keeping it simple, we won't talk about things like 2% annual inflation and, you know, stuff like that. Um, but generally, the, the net worth that you need to be aiming for is going to be at least 25 times your annual expenses. Why 25? It's just another way of, um, you know, another version of that math wise is to divide by 4%. Those are the same the same way of saying it, but you know, if you ask me to divide by a percent, my just my brain starts to ooze out of my ears. So, you know, multiplying by a whole number is better instead. But uh, the four percent rule is what that's drawn from. Uh, you know, so uh, assuming that your your investments will return four percent per year, that is an assumption, right? Um, you know, some people like to go even more conservative than that. They assume a three percent draw each year, you know, to make up for the bad years. It's good to know that the average of the the S and P five hundred since uh, its inception, the average return is over eleven percent per year. So it's so five percent, four percent, three percent. Those are pretty conservative numbers compared mm-hmm. to the historical returns. But we just want to we just want to play it safe. So that's the fire number. It's a it's a big old number. So you get very excited. Some of you might have already calculated it since I've been flapping my gums just now, and uh, and you realize, oh god, that's a, that's a lot of money. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. What is the fastest way to get to fire? Is it the frugality? Is it making more money? I think you need a combination of both. Um, and so, you know, your money or your life, when it came out in the 90s, it really championed the idea of being happy, happier with less. Um, and so, yes, you need to be making more money. Quite a bit of our coverage at Next Advisor is about ways to make more money, whether that is in a side hustle, whether that is you know renting out some sort of asset, something like that. Um, getting that top line number higher and higher, as high as you can get it, is going to obviously help because those are your resources. But then, you know, we also know from a version of Parkinson's law that expenses rise to meet income, right? And so you've I think it was earlier this year where a study came out that one in three, one in three couples making two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year was still living paycheck to paycheck or households, excuse me. Yeah. And so I think that's a good example of just, you know, making more money is only the one one slice of the of the pie, so to speak. You'll also learn how to to manage that money once it's in your hands, um, in order to be putting that away. So uh, I know that's not the most satisfying answer, but I think you need a combination of both. If I had to tell you to do just one, I think you should focus on making more money first because that's going to get more resources in the picture, and then you can develop yeah. that that personal discipline and how you how you choose to spend that money um, later on. You know, I wonder if the pandemic has impacted the fire movement in any way in terms of we don't have to like I don't have to live in New York City to do my job anymore right I can be anywhere I have a uh I would like to be close to New York personally but if I really wanted to like retire tomorrow this is not the place to do it I, you know right outside of New York uh so we may have seen more pe- more families moving out of like these higher cost of living areas because they could for the first time in their careers. And maybe it was just temporary at first, but then they realized, hey, like the savings is kind of nice and we actually like uh, Montana. Um, And so I wonder if you've seen, how has the pandemic impacted or influenced the fire movement in any way? I definitely think the, uh, the revolution around remote work, like we definitely, we accelerated several years regarding the remote work revolution as a result of the pandemic. And so now that people know that they can be remote, that they don't need to be in the office, and they know that that's a, something to negotiate for or something to go after, um, I think that is a, is a really big piece of the puzzle. Um, we have a we have an amazing contributor. Their name is Daniela Flores, and they focus on, you know, they are a side hustle expert, and they focus on getting a remote job first in their methodology that they teach to their followers getting a remote job first frees up the time and mental energy you're going to need to explore these other streams of income or if you want to do some sort of a side hustle during the day while you're doing your job something like that you know that that was not available to people when they were going to the office 5 days a week you know just just you know being a consultant online or building an online course or you know and now it's you you've literally got people doing it between meetings <laughs> sometimes at work and so well, yeah, i don't uh, you know jobs at once. i read about day. that in the wall street journal that was yeah. oh <laughs> yes yeah i think it came out the other day the guy who sleeps on tiktok and makes four hundred thousand dollars a year doing oh it my gosh. Um, you know the woman who eats hamburgers on on youtube and you yeah. know yeah. So yes. Yeah. So yeah. And if anyone has like a completely bizarre side hustle, I have to hear about Call it. Nick. So, yes. Please, <laughs> email Nick at nextadvisor.com. And so, so I think from that. So to answer your question, to wrap that up, I think that you know, the making more money piece can really that ends up accelerating yeah. 
that for a lot of people. And I think that in the pandemic, just the, the space that came from the remote work revolution in particular, some people are relocating and others aren't, but just sort of the redefinition of how you make a living each month, you know, it looks very different for many, many people than it did three years ago. I once wrote about fire FOMO or FOMO fire, you know, getting into this FOMO hype, feeling as though you're missing out because you're not on this bandwagon of trying to reach financial independence earlier than later. You have also written about folks who've arrived and said, this isn't for me and left, exited fire. Um, what are some pitfalls to be aware of and, and why do some folks get there and realize this isn't for me? Like what, what were they not understanding before they got themselves on this journey? I think one thing that comes up in the FIRE journey that at least I've seen a trend from in my reporting and in the writer's reporting is that people, they they restrict so much that they're, they're like not living life to the, you know what I mean? They're just so singularly focused on this one goal, this sort of multi-year goal um, that it's, it almost becomes consuming in a way, you know, and it's right. It's very gamified. You're watching this number go up and down and it's, you know, there's a very clear finish line in sight, almost akin to, uh, you know, when a, when an athlete wins the championship or the Super Bowl and they've been working their whole lives towards that. And they're like, okay, what now? You know, anticlimactic a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that starts to come up for people. And then I think also when you just have that much mental space um, and you are financially independent, your work does not become a part of your like identity and what you're supposed to do with your time. Then you start thinking a lot more about purpose and you start thinking more about, you know, like using your time for good, using your time to be more with your family or to participate in philanthropic efforts. That's something that comes up a lot. Um, you know, one of our contributors, Bernadette Joy, she achieved fire at 37 and she's, she's doing her thing, right? She's exploring speaking. She's exploring writing. And she also talks about how for a lot of us, particularly as Americans, your work is your identity, right? It's, hi, what's your name? What do you do for work? Like it's right up there near the top when we're going to get into know people. And so once you're divorced from that, and you no longer have work, you know, for some people they get there and then they no longer have an identity, which it's so is, true. And you know, I think, yeah. you, you know, you mentioned, you know, you keep looking at this number and it's gamified. And I think that doesn't help the fact that so much of our sense of self-worth is derived from our net worth. I don't agree with that relationship, but it is inevitable sometimes as we live in a capitalist world and we hear things like money is power and, you know, we, we associate so much of our sense of well-being to our financial independence. And if you see that huge number and you know like it's going to take you a long time to get there, it can be really hard on you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that also, you know, with younger generations, we've got the, we've just got these other financial factors happening as well that are feeding the FI movement. You've got record student loan debt, right? Like you've got a lot of people in their 20s coming out with $100,000 or more in student loan debt. It's hard to get them excited about not working anymore. You know what I mean? There's just, there's so many other variables. Right. And that's, I think another thing that's causing this movement to start to splinter because that, that, you know, I'm 33 and I don't know why I picked a Lamborghini today, but I did, but you know, <laughs> again, like that, that Lamb that's not a lot of people's definition of wealth and financial freedom. Financial freedom for some people is going to visit your mom 
um, up at the lake every other weekend. Cause you, you know what I mean? It's just like, it, it's very different. It's, it's, it's very much about like lifestyle design. And I think also, especially in, in this post great recession economy and also this recession energy that we have right now, um, I think there's a lot of interest in peace of mind. And so, you know, if I front loaded my expenses, you know, there, there are versions of fire again, that don't involve retiring, um, but have similar benchmarks. They have a lot of those good juicy tidbits, the gamification and things like that, but it's not this astronomical number that you're going to have to eat packaged ramen noodles six nights a week. If you hope to, if you hope to ever hit it, right. It's kind of extremist. Yeah. You brought up already fat fire, which is one rung of the fire movement. What are some of the other flavors of fire and, um, what's your favorite? Yeah, let's go through them from low to high. So it feels like progress. Um, <laughs> so so we've got the fire number, right? We talked about that before. You've got that number. On your way to your fire number, you're going to hit some other different checkpoints that have become defined benchmarks in the fire movement. Um, so the first one you'll hit, it's called coast fire, or really the the correct terminology would be coast fi because you're not retiring. So you're not retiring yet when you hit this number. But this is the number where you have enough invested assets, like in your 401k, your Roth, whatever, that if you stopped investing, uh, that money would appreciate from compound interest and you would get to your FIRE number even if you never put another dollar into your um, accounts, right? Um, so it's called Coast Fi. You're coasting to retirement. You d- you've done all the work. You were diligent early on in your career. And that body of money sitting in your accounts now, it's going to have more time to compound, right? So the biggest advantage in Coastify is runway. Um, and depending on your age and how much runway you have, you know, if you don't expect to t- retire for 25 or 30 years, then your Coastify number, like my Coastify number is about a, a quarter of my fire number. Right. And that's for most people, if you've got that much runway, you need much less money in terms of a, a critical mass. Right. And so that appeals to some people because they're like, okay, I like the idea of hustling for five or 10 years, you know, and then you, you still can't retire. You can't retire when you hit that number. <laughs> Disclaimer. <laughs> but you will free up that money that you were contributing to your accounts, or right. you could accelerate to your retirement timeline. You know, you've got some options there, but you know, if you, let's say you were to lose your job or something like that, you don't contribute to your 401k for two years, you'll be okay because you hit that coast fi number. And just the the peace of mind from this, for many people, there are, there are many, many people who are like, I'm just going to try hit coast fi and then I'm, bye, I'm just going to live my life. <laughs> yeah. I just right? put in some numbers. This is powerful. Like if you, these are bigger numbers. So if you put in a million dollars, if you have a million dollars already in your retirement account and you do nothing. In 20 years, you have $7.3 million because of a 10%. I put in a, a nice 10% return. But look, even nice. if I did, you know, <laughs> conservative 5%, you have almost $3 million. So you've tripled your money in 20 years and you've done nothing. So if you've already, like, let's say you're 50 and you've got a million dollars in in retirement and you by, by 70, you'll have triple that. It's pretty yeah. powerful. I put mine in, I'm 35 and I put mine in just, you know, retire by 60 or 65. And I want to say my coast fight number was like 280, 290, yeah. which, you know, for mid to late thirties, it's not, that's not unachievable. Like if you're being mm-hmm. really diligent, if you're maxing your 401k for 2023, yeah. that's $22,500 of contribution. Like if you're hitting that, if you've yeah. been hitting that for 10 years, like you might be pretty close to that number. Yes. Plus all um, the, uh, returns you've been getting on that, hopefully. Yep. Yeah. So some people go for that. They're like, yeah, I am hustling now. 
yeah, I am, you know, uh, I've got a roommate. I work hard now so I can have an easier life. Yeah, yeah. Or even so you can contribute less later on, you know, free that up for your hobbies or your passions or travel or whatever. Okay, so that's the first rung you'll hit. Then you'll hit another rung called Barista Fire. Um, This is the only other really strange name. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, also called Barista Fi. So the name is a hat tip to Starbucks because Starbucks offers health insurance if you average 20 hours a week. 20 hours of work a week for a 12-week period. Um, And so Baristify came about because you have a lot of people who are on their way to becoming financially independent, uh, but they're not quite there yet. And they want to continue working. They like the idea of working a job they love, working part-time, working, uh, especially in America, so that you can get health insurance. Um, because that's, you and I both know, like when you're self-employed or when you're doing it yourself, it is, it's exorbitant how expensive I that is. I think that's get. why nobody retires when they hit fire, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it is a good point. And, you know, talking to people about this and defining Baristify, people are like, oh yeah, that's me. Like I want to move into consulting. Maybe I want to get out of my stressful director job and move into something that is just easier, you know, like that can totally be a benchmark. And so in Baristify, what someone is doing is that they're drawing some of their invested asset gains each year. That's one income source. And then they're working. They have some earned income in the picture as well. So the combination of those, so it's very lifestyle design oriented. So you, you still can't stop working. You can't retire, but you're closer and you, you get to make some intentional decisions about what you want to do next in your career and in your life. Who's making up these names? Oh, is there is there a fire? There uh, is no fire Marshall? association. <laughs> yet. Oh, oh yet. you like that? So the fire department. So over at NAFD, Next Advisor Fire Department. Uh, you know, it's, <laughs> we're going off of just the terminology of the community very much. You know, I think that's the other thing. A lot of this, uh, what, what's inevitable in personal finance is that people are going to communities and they're going to like social media platforms and things like that. It's often one of their first touch points in in personal finance, and and I think also the. Um, the uh, traditional fire, your typical fire aspirations, it usually involves saving a, a large percentage of your income. And so people want to find other people that are excited and enthusiastic about that. And they commingle in these different little online spaces and communities. And they nerd out endlessly on, you know, pensions and social security. And, you know, what year will my dependents move out of the house? You know, there's, there's, there's all these fire calculators and things like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the term that stuck. It's a community-generated terminology. There's no, there's no centralized source on it. Um, but I think the the name is also a hat tip, particularly for Baristify. The name is a hat tip to what those people are experiencing when they get closer to retirement, which is, oh my God, health insurance for myself is going to be eight nine hundred bucks a month. I was like not planning for that. Oops, you know. So. All right, next rung. Okay, so now we're going to retire. All right. (laughs) So yes. So next we've got lean fire. Okay, Mm -hmm. lean fire. You've got that. um, It's your fire number if you are willing to really live on a bare bones budget, right? So the lower your monthly expenses are, the lower your fire number is going to be. People who adhere to lean fire, they are willing to live on an annual expense budget of $40,000 a year or less. 
And so the perk of that is that that will uh, that the fire number needed for that is one million dollars, or in some cases less, right? So if you uh, you just don't have many expenses, you don't own property, you don't, you know, you've just you've got a lot of invested assets, you've you've done the work, you don't have dependents, you can make it work on this, right? I interviewed a couple there; they were both twenty nine, and they were doing lean fire, and they actually they uh they so they retired early. They bought a van. They visited, there's like 50 or 60 national parks in the United States. They visited every national park in America. And then they went back to work. Deep into their, really deep into their their marriage. Yeah, prolonged honeymoon, right? So that's an example of, um, you know, you could retire sooner, uh, but you're going to have to live on quite low expenses, right? And so that's called lean fire. And it's just if people are willing to do the work, right? For some people, that's too restrictive, particularly if you live in a city or if you have children or if you're taking care of a loved one. Um, or you want to go to Disney World each year, right? There's just, again, it's not necessarily about your your uh, preferences or, you know, whether you're bougie or anything like that. It's just, it's just numbers. But typically, at least for the time being, $40,000 a year or less in expenses, if that's what you're building towards, that's called lean fire. Gotcha. So, yep. And then the others, actually, the other two rungs are of the, in the same vein, just the expense uh, ranges are different. So then we've got traditional fire, which is your annual expenses are going to be between forty dollars and $100,000 a year. Otherwise, that operates the same as lean fire in every other way. We call it traditional fire because based on data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, um, the average American household, I believe it's you know, around sixty dollars or $65,000 a year in expenses. Does that sound right? It's, around, it's that range of expenses. Mm-hmm. Um, so those people, that would be where they would slot if they're trying to live off of invested assets. Um, and then finally, you have fat fire, which is just really fun and cool to say, excellent branding there. Um, to the community. <laughs> and they uh, it's for people who expect over $100,000 a year in expenses in retirement, which is going to re- require a fire number of at least $2.5 million. Um, mm-hmm. So these are people who, you know, they've just realized they want to travel a lot uh, if they're not going to be working anymore. They want to, you know, they've got four kids and they live in San Francisco. There you go. That's all you need to already need that much money, right? Um, so it, it will take you longer to achieve since the benchmark is higher. Uh, but if you're really clear on, you know, that's what you would want to do and that's where you would want to be at before you left the workforce completely. Well, now we've got a, we've got a number for you to aim for along the way. This is such a great overview, Nick. And, and lastly, I just want to know, like, as you've been covering this and interviewing people, why do you keep going back to this, this topic? Like, what is it about this genre, this, this aspect of personal finance that continues to bring out your curiosity? I think what's so cool about this movement and the people in this movement is that many of them they they stumble into it. They're not looking for fire, you know. And that's a that's a fun keyword challenge for us over at Next Advisor, right? They're looking for things like debt management. Um, pay off my credit cards faster. You know, like that's often how people begin to fall into this movement. Um and 
I also think we're we're overdoing the zero to seven figures pipeline a little bit in our in media coverage and in profiling, right? Not everyone wants to leave their job and have a funnel online, and you know, and (laughs) and yeah, exactly, yeah, and then uh, you know, and then sell something, and then become a coach on how to sell that thing, and then you know, that's another income stream, right? There's a lot of that happening, and I think there's going to be a lot more of that happening, just as again because of this remote work revolution, um, this sort of lifestyle design things, how people fall into fire in the first place. But you've got people doing just the craziest stuff in order to make extra money on the side. And I just, I, I love that. It's like this yeah. micro entrepreneurship. Uh, we're, we've got an article in the queue. Um, it'll probably be out by the time this interview comes out. But uh, there's a guy who has a climbing shoes review website. And he makes like uh, maybe like 800 bucks, 900 bucks a month reviewing climbing shoes. And he spends every penny of that money on more climbing stuff. Farnoosh. Like he's just, just absolutely no net gain. Right. But I'm just, I love that. It's like, he loves climbing. He wanted yeah. to be a pro climber and he just didn't, he wasn't there skill wise. And he's like, this is such a great way for me to wow. stay connected to climate. You know, like your side hustle doesn't have to be so you can max your health savings account. Right. It could be because you want to fund your passions. Um, and so that's yeah. been a common theme is these people are all really passionate and they're so much fun to interview. So that's been the coolest thing so far. Well, it's like, it sounds like they're exercising more optionality as more money comes into their lives and whatever that option is, you know, that's their personal choice. And it's always fun to know what pe- what choices people are making. Yeah. And even just that lifestyle design piece, right? And how people define wealth. People don't always define wealth as, oh, I could live off my invested assets. They define wealth as I'm going to go climb every Saturday and then write about it, you know, and, and buy the coolest, uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know any climbing gear repel kit. (laughs) I clearly don't know what I'm talking about there, but you know what I mean? Like it's, 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 it's cool. It's exciting. And it's, it's fun to go after your passions. It's fun to be, it's fun to be passionate. And so I think that's, you know, it's very lifestyle design driven. That's at the core of this movement for sure. Well, I love reading your work. Everyone can check out Mm -hmm. Nick Wolney at Next Advisor. Thanks for stopping by. Hope to have you back soon. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks to Nick for joining us. I'll have links to some of his articles on fire in our show notes. Hope you have a great Thanksgiving and I'll see you back here on Friday. I hope your day is so money. Money.